Hello, and welcome back to the Girl Tries Life podcast. This week, we are on part one of a two-part series. So this week is all about what to know before you're laid off, and then next week is all about what to do after you're laid off. We have a special guest on the podcast this week, Heather Timinski, who is an employment lawyer. And I specifically wanted to have Heather on the podcast to talk about what are the legal ramifications of being laid off? What are our rights? What do we need to know in advance? Because here's the thing. I know many people who have been laid off from a workplace, myself included. And if you don't know these things in advance of being laid off, and you know, we all hope that doesn't happen to us, but if it does, if you don't know these things in advance, we can make gut decisions or reactions or sign things that are not in our best interest. Where if we'd had just that little bit of more information, if we had taken the time to pause, if we had taken the time to consult someone, that we could have ended off just a little bit differently than when we started out. Um, So quite frankly, this episode and, and the questions that I asked Heather, I really wish I had known these things before I was laid off. It would have made... A difference. It doesn't change the outcome, and that's very clear in the episode when we talk with Heather. Like, you can't avoid the layoff. A company has the right to let employees go, but it's the results and how you are compensated and what the next steps are that you have a little bit more control or agency over than you might think, definitely than what I believed. So, I hope that you get a lot out of this episode. I honestly think this is something to share with friends and family. None of us ever want to be laid off. We don't, we don't want to um, experience this. It's definitely one of the things that, um, you know, when you think of those top 10 stressors people experience in their life, getting fired or getting laid off from a job unexpectedly is high up there. It hits your confidence. It hits your self-esteem. You know, it can create financial instability, it hits on some of the biggest stressors there are, right? And so that's why I've broken this episode up into two. So today we're really talking about what to know beforehand, what is the information you really should be well-versed in so that if this occurs to you, you know what to say or what not to say or the pause to take or who to consult. I found this immensely helpful and I hope you do as well. And um, listen right to the end of the episode because it's a short one today. Don't worry, it's not too long an episode. Um, But I do want to um, loop back with you on my take and uh, a special announcement coming this week specifically. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for joining me on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for having me today. So I'm hoping you can ground our listeners with a little bit of a background on the type of law you practice, how long you've been practicing law, et cetera. Yeah, so I've been practicing employment law for three years now. And when we say employment law, we mean not union. So somebody who is working in a unionized environment that is not considered employment law, that's something else. Employment law has to do with the employment relationship. So it starts at hiring, it ends at either someone uh, leaves, quits, or is terminated. And then sometimes there are issues in between that relationship. Uh, So that's what I deal with. And I help uh, companies with their employment questions. And I also help a lot of individuals as well. 
So I, th- I think what I typically think of when it comes to employment law and sort of the focus of this podcast is, is when people are laid off or, you know, let go from an organization and suddenly not only do you have this huge flurry of emotions, right? Like it's never a, never a fun process for people to go through, but, but then suddenly all people are faced with, wait, has what's just happened to me? Is that legal or not? What are my rights around this? Like so many questions suddenly happen. So recognizing that you're in Alberta and the laws are different across provinces and different around the world. Um, I was hoping to have a little bit of a chat around um, what are those rights that people typically have in a situation where they're laid off? Yeah, good question. So I completely appreciate how stressful the process is. Sometimes the person can see it coming. Uh, Sometimes they don't see it coming. I've worked with individuals who come to me and they say, I've been working for a company A for 10 years. I've been a good performer. I've received bonuses out of the year over the years. And I've received a letter that says restructuring. (laughs) And I don't know what that means. And they might, another person might get a similar letter who say, I've been at a company for five years and I've been a good performer. And now I'm being told that there are quote performance issues and I'm being terminated. Uh, So it's a very, it's a very, very tough process for individuals. So what I always tell people is companies can actually always let go of their employees, any employees, just like I can walk away from my job. Uh, We are not permanently bound together. However, if a company is going to let you go, they have to give you notice. Uh, So that's where that word severance comes in, is the company is saying, yes, we could give you notice. We could give you, I don't know, three months notice, but are you really gonna work the three months? Maybe, maybe not. We're gonna pay you at that three months. So that's that severance or that notice that we usually talk about. So, I mean, whenever somebody's let go, if they have been given a package, or even if they've been told, you know what, something you've done is so bad that we don't even have to pay you severance, I always tell the person to go see a lawyer because maybe the employer's wrong. Maybe the individual didn't do something so bad that they don't deserve severance. Uh, And then with these kind of, like I quoted before, performance issues, what does that mean? Were they late a couple of times? Is that enough to disallow them from severance? So I I always say to people, see a lawyer. Uh, Often it can be done 30 minutes to an hour. A lot of law offices, they'll do a review on a flat fee basis. So you don't have to commit to suing your old company. You don't have to commit to doing anything really brash. You're just getting information. And so in terms of a situation where you feel like it's, I guess is the term wrongful dismissal, right? Like you've been, you were performing well, there was no 
performance uh, or you're being told, sorry, rather you're being told that there's a performance issue, even though there's no proof of it. Is that what wrongful dismissal can be? Yeah, it can be. Uh, if the individual has done something so bad that they essentially can no longer work at that company. And I mean something like they've punched the boss, they've come into work and they flipped over tables. Like I'm talking about scenes that you can't imagine because they don't often happen. Um, if an individual does that, sorry, you're probably not getting severance. Um, but yeah, what about this, this kind of loose term, poor performance? What does that mean? Or like I said, restructuring. The person is actually may be entitled to severance. So they really should ask a lawyer. Every case is really case specific. Um, so that's why lawyers don't like giving generalities because it really depends on the person. It depends on everything. Uh, but there might even be a case where the company said, oh yeah, we had cause, but in the eyes of the law, no, it wasn't enough. And, and I guess the amount of severance or like number of weeks on all of that, that's really what varies by province and, and state. Is that what you're saying? Uh, so it varies. So each province might do something different. In Alberta, uh, we have a basic legislation that puts minimum standards out. But then there's also what someone might be able to get under the common law, under the court made law. And they look at more of a holistic, a more balanced approach. It's not just how many years you've been working, but where you were in the company, uh, how much were you making, how old you are, how likely it will be to get something similar. So it really, it really ranges on all of those things. And it's not something that you can really Google. Um, as a second year law student, we tried and it's not easily accessible. Uh, so it is something to look at. Yeah. And I heard from a lot of my listeners, because we sort of did a poll around this about, you know, for those who have been laid off, what were some of the biggest challenges? And something that came back sort of repeatedly from people is being told when they were laid off and sort of like the outline of the severance, this is the severance, there is no negotiation. Or also in some cases, if you don't sign it today, we can't guarantee it. Um, and maybe because they were saying it was more generous than it needed to be. Is that true? Like what, is that a, is that a red flag to see a lawyer? <laughs> well, that's, uh, it's really hard for a person who's been working at a company for years and years and years, who has gone in to work every day, made coffee, chatted with people, sat down, done their work. And then at the end of the employment relationship, all of a sudden they're being forced into this negotiation and that's not a role they've ever had to take on before. But when the other, when the company, whoever it is from HR or someone from management is saying, we're letting you go. Okay. Well, that part's usually non-negotiable. The amount that's usually, it's an offer and they're right. If the person doesn't sign that second, uh, they can't be guaranteed to get that exact amount. But how do you even know how much everything is worth without any information? So most people who I talk to when they are faced with that situation and are told I have to sign today and say like, well, that's what they're telling you right now. Tell them you need a few days to get legal counsel or to speak with your financial advisor. 
and ask for an extension. And that's all you can do is you can ask. It's part of a negotiation process that unfortunately the employee is just forced into. Yeah, and I think for many people, it doesn't feel, I know this situation happened to me as well as many of our listeners, you feel that you're being told there is no option. And, and in those moments when you're very emotional, it's like, you know, panic starts to set in. So it's like, you don't even necessarily think in the moment, do I have that option? But so you're saying for listeners in case they're, um, in case they face this in the future, that they, you know, can ask for a few days extension. Yes, ask for more time. And if they're not giving you more time and they're saying it's now or never, sign it now. Like you said, that's a that's a red flag. What is your sort of top advice for folks who are going through a layoff? Like seek, you know, get a quick consultation with a lawyer to see sort of what your options are or what are the most common issues that you see people going? Yeah, definitely seek legal advice. I also strongly suggest to people uh, to seek counseling as well. Um, Some lawyers are really nice people. I consider myself a nice person. That is not my area of expertise, but someone who's been let go, it's often a very traumatic, it's it's a very sudden high emotion experience and they they do need help with that and they are entitled to get help with that. Uh, So I, I do suggest that, but I do say, suggest to get legal advice on any amount they're being offered because for us mere mortals when we're presented with an offer of let's say ten thousand dollars that seems like a lot of money but if we're given no context if we're given nothing to no kind of scale to weigh that on how do we know if like i said we're worth more or less or if that now or never offer is really as good as it is What about in a situation of like mass layoffs? Um, You know, used to live in Calgary, you know, the ups and downs of oil and gas. I think many Calgarians are used to mass layoffs. Yes. Does that change your rights? Does that change what your recourse can be? Not necessarily, but I would say really get out there to make sure you're getting paid your severance or getting what you're entitled to. Because if there's a mass layoff, you want to make sure the company has money to pay you out. <laughs> so when you say get out there, like deal with it quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't sit on it. Interesting. And if it's um, like, what's the definition of that? Like if you're a small organization, let's say 10 people and you've had a budget cut. So they're having to lay certain people off for a budget cut. Is it a, per- like, is mass a percentage of your staff is? From the individual part uh from what kind of severance they're entitled to it doesn't really matter so unfortunately you kind of really need to focus on your sole financial interest in this situation the other thing i heard a lot of when we did our our poll of our audience is unfortunately very common for people to be laid off during or after maternity leaves do you see this a lot? It's happened, yes. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Uh, what would you like to ask? Sorry, I should interrupt. Oh, I was going to say, does no, I was going to say, does that muddy the waters? Do you have more or less rights? It, it's really tough. It's very case specific. What I can say is that 
even if you were off on maternity leave, you're still part of the organization, so it doesn't take away from how long you've been working. Um, and there may be a human rights issue. If So let's say, and not necessarily just maternity leave specific, but you f- find out after you've signed all your paperwork that certain things you were told were not actually true right like let's say well let's say for example um you were you were told budget cuts or whatnot um but someone else is doing the job you were doing and you didn't necessarily know that like what's the is it statute of limitations is that the term like what's the time frame if you've signed it you're out of luck or yeah once you signed you're done yeah so uh, if some company has offered a severance package, they're going to want to protect their own su- their own company mm-hmm. from getting sued a year later. So they're asking the individual in exchange for giving this lump sum, we want you to sign off on everything. And so, yeah, that's why it's very important to get it reviewed properly. But the thing is, Yes, like you've referred to, what if you find out that the apparent reason that you were let go, uh, this idea of restructuring or remanagement, and two weeks later you see your job posted, which has happened to many of my clients, it doesn't actually affect your severance because the company can still let you go. Just because they've given you a reason doesn't mean they're not allowed to do it. It might be a bad reason. It might be a false reason. Uh, they're trying to be polite. I don't know what they're trying to do, but uh, the, the individual is still entitled to severance. Yeah, so it's just one of those harder situations to handle for folks then. Yeah. So it's more an emotional than an actual legal recourse situation. It really is. and. It's very frustrating in my job where I'll have clients who get a termination letter and are given no reason why. And for them, that's really challenging for them because their point of view is, what did I do wrong? And then I have other clients who are given a false reason, such as restructuring or poor performance. And then they have to deal with this inner conversation of, well, did I actually do that? Was there restructuring? And then seeing their job posted two weeks later, it's it's very, very challenging for them. So that's why I often suggest counseling to my clients who have been let go. And then my job is to promote their financial interests. One thing that's occurring to me is you're saying a lot of this requires evidence or proof of good performance, poor performance, all of that. But when you're laid off, you can't access your company emails anymore. Like you don't actually have the ability to get this data. Do you have advice for people while they're still employed with a place to like keep their own records of performance, good or bad? I guess so. I I mean, what people can do is if there are performance reviews, they can always copy maybe their personal email account on them so that they have uh, a copy of it, but they'd have to, I mean, look at their own company policy to make sure they're not breaching it. I, I, 
completely hear what you're saying. You're being told that you're being terminated for this performance reason. And then you're thinking, well, what does my performance record actually say? And the problem is from an employment law standard, from an employment law perspective, it's actually all moot because at the end of the day, the company can still let you go. Even if they did it for the wrong reasons, or even if they weren't upfront about why, you still get the same amount. So I I know, yeah. isn't that, I mean, I'm trying to like rationalize my way out of it or like make things fair. And it's just, and it's awful. Yeah, It is. It's very awful for people because they're trying to rationalize it. But mm -hmm. I mean, when you're seeing a lawyer, it's like, well, this has happened. The termination part is just non-negotiable that we can't do anything about but the issue of your payout your severance maybe you were entitled to benefits was there um a human rights issue uh because that can sometimes come up in termination i think i've covered pretty much all the questions i had but is there anything else that kind of pops up for you that like you wish more people knew this while they were employed or when they were laid off or you you see this happen and most people don't know about it i mean some things i wish people would know is uh the lawyer is likely not going to judge you i find when people come in they're very embarrassed they're they're like this has never happened to me before i didn't see this coming that's okay that's our job i mean it's like going to the doctor and having a broken ankle and saying like i don't know why it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter sure that's not their job to judge their job is to work with you on it and that's really our job as a lawyer is to be your counsel right to advise you so that you have that information and support um another thing that i would tell people is it's not just the termination relationship to think about but uh, like you hear about bullying in the workplace. It's very important that we work in a safe environment. So if there are reoccurring instances where someone feels that they're being like verbally attacked or, and I'm trying to think of examples where like the, the boss maybe comes in and every time they come in, they slam the papers down on the person's desk. And every time they talk to the employee, they're always yelling at the employee and belittling. That's something else to think about as well, as it's not just the end of the relationship, but when there are problems during the employment relationship, that's also sometimes you might want to talk to a lawyer and find out what your rights are. No, that's good to know, because it also, and you hear some, I guess, rare cases of people being bullied or whatnot as a way to get them to quit rather yeah. than to yeah. pay them out severance right yeah and we're entitled to work in a safe workplace mm -hmm. i compare it to working in an office where there's a loose beam above my head that's being hung by a thread and i'm never sure when that thread's going to snap and when an individual is being faced with abuse every day and I shouldn't necessarily do this, but um, like racist attacks as well, or sexist attacks or harassment, that's including as well. And often what happens is the individual has just had enough and they go on stress leave or they quit. And 
I just, I hate it as an employment lawyer and as a human being, seeing individuals push to that point. Well, thank you for that. Cause I think a lot of people really, maybe not especially now with COVID, but I think people's financial situations are maybe more precarious now than they've ever been. So perhaps we're putting up with more than we should be. I don't, I'm making a huge conjecture here. But so I think that's really great to highlight for people that it's not only the when you're laid off, but what is the working experience and are you in a safe environment? Or yeah, not? exactly. Well, I just want to say a huge thank you. And, and, you know, when you were, <laughs> when you were saying you're a very empathetic human being, I fully, I fully agree with that. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, there can be a fear around lawyers or a perception around what it means to get legal counsel. And I don't know about our listeners, but I know for, for me, you've made me feel like it's much more accessible maybe than I would have thought I hope, before. I hope so, because that's our job. Our job is to work with the client and assist them with their issues. That's our job. So I'm glad that I've helped convey that. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So just a big, big thank you to Heather for coming on the podcast. I don't know about you, but what this conversation with Heather um, really solidified for me is that consulting an employment lawyer is a lot less scary and maybe more accessible than I would have thought before. So I have linked in today's show notes um, or in the description wherever you're listening to the podcast today, Heather's um, information, what uh, law firm you can find her at if you would like to reach out. Um, big, big thank you, Heather, for sharing, uh, sharing the information today. To me, my big takeaway is that, yeah, that you can't change the outcome, but you can change a little bit of how it happens and maybe feel a little bit more in control because that was a big thing for me. Um, I've been laid off twice in my life. Once I put my hand up for a package um, and then the other one completely blindsided me and it was quite a traumatic experience, I'll be honest. And I couldn't, what, what this conversation made me realize is it was always going to happen, right? I was always going to get laid off. That couldn't have changed. And I probably wouldn't have wanted it to change. But I would have maybe gotten a little bit more to give myself some financial cushion. I would have not signed paperwork right away. I would have taken a breath and not been so reactive. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think so many of us, it's like... You go into fight or flight mode. You go into, okay, I've got to start moving forward. I've got to figure out my next move. I have to, you know, you go into real, real reactionary mode. When if we took a beat and consulted the right people, um, maybe nothing changes. Maybe it changes substantially. And I think it's worth taking that pause to determine that. So I got a lot out of this episode. Again, I hope that this doesn't happen to any of you, but it's good to know this information in advance. So next week on the podcast, we're going to be very much, uh, next time on the podcast, rather, in two weeks from now, we're going to be talking about what to do after you've been laid off. So this week was all about knowing things in advance so you can make the right decisions. Next time is all about the stress management side of things, right? Like we just said, this is one of the top 10 stressors people will experience. So how do we manage that? What are some of the things that 
you would do maybe a little bit differently to your typical day-to-day stress management because there are certain things to be aware of. And so we're going to talk through that. I'll share a little bit more about my experience with being laid off uh, in case that sort of helps anyone feel less alone or sort of understand what I'm talking about with those types of stressors. But I think it's going to be a really good one. Now, I also want to let you know if you are listening to this episode live on Monday, October 31st, happy Halloween, but also I am doing a free webinar workshop on Wednesday, November 2nd for International Stress Awareness Day. This is all about three tips to manage your stress. And these are tips that I haven't typically shared in the past. So if you've been to one of my workshops or webinars before, um, this is still worth attending. It's a little different. It's a little bit of a deeper dive to the bone, making sure these uh, tips really resonate for you so that you can hit the ground running. So if you're interested in that, the link is in the description uh, of today's podcast. I would love to see you there. It is not going to be recorded. This is uh, you show up live or you miss out. So I really hope to see you there. Make sure to share the, the link with friends and family if it's of interest to them. And yeah, have a fantastic week and um, we will chat next time.